0: All right, before we get into the show, let's just do a little bit of business here. Um, if you're looking for motorcycle parts, you need to check out Old Bike Barn over at oldbikebarn.com. They got everything they everything that you need for um, whether it's your vintage Japanese bike, a, a Harley, um, a chopper, cafe racer, whatever it is. They got it over there. It's all organized by uh, make, model, type. Um, super easy to navigate, super easy to get around. They also have their own line of uh, leather uh, Handmade goods and uh, um, knives and whatnot under the White Knuckler brand. But yeah, check them out over at Old Bike Barn at OldBikeBarn.com. On Instagram, simply at Old Bike Barn. Now, if uh, you are in the need of uh, CBD oil, um, which is super popular now and you know it's you can get it anywhere. um, Unfortunately, with that, there's a lot of crappy, you know, uh, subpar product out there. You don't know where it's made, what it's made from, what's in there, what's been added to it. Uh, you need to go check out Cradle Lake Clear over at CradleLakeClear.com. Only the qu- most quality organic agree- ingredients uh, made by the, you know, the most sterile, clean practices. And, pr- and uh, you know, check just check them out at CradleLakeClear.com. They go through their whole process of how the CBD oil is made. Uh, I use it almost nightly and it m- helps me sleep like a baby. It's super good if you have... Um, insomnia or any kind of inflammation, you know, like soreness, um, if you got uh, stress, anxiety, things like that, helps with it all. So check them out over at CradleLakeClear.com, one of the best in the business and the most clean CBD oil that you're going to get. At the same token, if you need CBD oil for your pet, maybe you got a dog that's a fucking jerk off or you got a shitty cat that likes to attack um, or like a a nervous pet, you know, um, or you got a horse that likes to kick people in the face, um, you need to check out uh, vetcs.com. They are the top uh, manufacturer of uh, CBD oil for pets, so they have a uh, canine line, they have a feline line, and they have a horse line, What would that be an equine, equestrian line? Yeah, so check them out over at uh, vetcs.com. Now, if you happen to be in the unfortunate situation where you find yourself in a motorcycle accident, you need to go first and call, well... You know, once you're stabilized, you know what I mean? If it's an easy accident, just call Law Tigers right away. If you're, you know, if you're hospitalized or something, um, you know, stabilize yourself and then give Law Tigers a call. Uh, Lawtigers.com or go to Facebook and type in Law Tigers and your state so you can get in touch with your uh, the most local office for you. I hope that's one of the sponsors that you never have to use, but if you do um, ever find yourself in a motorcycle accident, they are a law firm that's founded by riders for riders, and all they do is specialize in a motorcycle accident and motorcycle uh, uh, injury uh, cases. So they got your back. Um, if you're looking for clothing, you know, winter's upon us. Um, getting cold out there, maybe you need a scarf or a hoodie. Um, or you live somewhere tropical and just need another T-shirt, go check out Amerta over at amertamia.com, the most legit and real streetwear brand that there is Um and uh, they print everything in house for the most part. Uh, all the shirts are screened in house, um, and they use USA made apparel wherever possible. So go check them out, AmertaMia.com, O M E R T A M I A, and uh, on Instagram at AmertaMia. And they even got an app on the on the uh, I uh, the Apple Store, and I'm sure it's on Android as well. I don't have an Android, so I don't know. Um, if uh, same thing, you're looking for more clothing, but you're a little twisted. You're into a Dark arts or weird shit, but you're not really goth. You're just like a little sinister, twisted dude. Like I said, you you applauded when Ozzy bit the head off a off a bat. um You are stoked on that. Uh, you play Beatles records backwards, Black Sabbath records at Black Sabbath 45s at 33. I don't know. You do weird shit. You read. Uh, <laughs> Alistair Crowley books. I, I don't know. But you're also into like things like choppers and custom show vans, 70s boogie vans and stuff like that. Um, street weaponry, whatever it is that strikes your fancy. If it's, if it's weird shit, you need to check out Heavy over at heavy.bigcartel.com. Um, and uh, on Instagram at Heavy Clothing, uh, my man Zach Doom has what you need. You know what I mean? So check him out. You have psychedelics, weird shit, you know? Fuck yeah, man. There you go. Um, if you need more information about anything motorcycle-related, you need to check out Chop Cult over at chopcult.com. They're the biggest information clearinghouse, and online message board for the motorcycling community, especially with the, in the regards to custom bikes. But uh, they got the biggest online message board out there. Um, it's all broken up by topics so you can easily kind of find the group you want to peruse. Um, they have an online uh, swap meet where you can buy, sell, and trade parts. And they've got an a events page, which is rad, where you can... Uh, Find out what's going on in your local community or all around the world in regards to motorcycle-related events. Um, Pitchfork over at pitchforkny.com, Pitchfork New York. Uh, Check them out online. Um, They have a, uh, and they're on Instagram at pitchforkny. Um, They're the clothing band, little clothing brand that your favorite bands rock, right? And they also have a record label, and they put out, really good uh hardcore and punk rock and metal uh records so check them out heavy oh no, so not heavy pitchforkny.com i do these things off the top of my head i don't have any scripts written down so um you know crucify me um when i when i screw up but yeah um if you want to support this show go over to BigTruthPodcast.com. um podcast.com. all the uh info, there's all all kinds of uh information up there Um, And all the shows are up there. And if you want to financially support the show, check out patreon.com slash big truth. There's four different levels of support that you can do. All affordable. Um, It helps this show keep keep the lights on here. Keep the bills paid. Keep the show going and growing. Um, And uh, big respect to all my Patreon subscribers. Um, We gave them on the last episode. I had Lenny do a special performance just for them. Um, Got more stuff planned for this year coming up. Uh, Some rad shit. So uh, get in. Uh, get in early so you get access to more shit. Uh, Patreon.com slash Big Truth. And last but not least, if you uh, need anything else related to motorcycles, especially if you live in the Northeast, I got a full-service brick-and-mortar motorcycle shop, and we do online sales as well. That's Chop over at chopahead.com. Spelt in the most asshole way: C-H-O-P-P-A-H-E-A-D. Located at 13 County Road, East Freetown, Massachusetts. Give us a call, 508-995-6764. We got whatever you need, whatever parts you need for your bike. If we can't get it, you probably don't want it, um, and I can have everything shipped right to you. So if you don't see it on the website, we got we got access to thousands and thousands of parts. I don't have time to put all that on a website. We're a full-service motorcycle shop. We we do everything from oil changes to build you a full custom bike. Um, so I don't got time to develop the website as much as I should. So uh, until then, just give us a call if you need something. Shoot us an email, uh, chopheadcustoms at gmail.com and uh, we'll uh, get you all situated. All right, and with that, I'm going to drop off here, and we're going to get into today's episode right now. once again we have liftoff I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Truth Podcast and today I'm stoked to have my man Christopher Garitano on with me Um, he is a filmmaker uh, he's got his hand. He's like me. He's got his hands in a lot of different things. He's a filmmaker, a producer. Uh, he's made uh, documentary movies. He's made TV shows. He's a host on TV shows. He's also host on a new podcast called Off to the Witch. And so I definitely and he's into a lot of weird shit like we are. So I definitely want to give a, a you know a warm welcome on the podcast to my man Chris. Chris, broadcasting live. Where are you at? Uh, Long Island, or Long Island, New York, or something?
1: No, I, I left Long Island. Oh. Uh, See, eight years ago, I lived in Michigan for a couple of years, and I've been in Florida ever since.
0: Oh, okay. So you're smart. You went. You went somewhere warm. Get, yeah, man. Get out of yeah.
1: Winter. Well, warm enough. It's, well. It's gonna go. It's gonna be in the high 30s, I think, this upcoming weekend. So. Oh,
0: it might be warmer here.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs>
0: what, what what part of Florida are you in?
1: I'm on the Gulf Coast, okay. uh, about a little north of Tampa.
0: Okay, nice, nice. Um, and did you get in when it was still relatively like cheap to get down there? Or, Cause I know it's, I know it's been, uh, everything's been crazy. And I heard fl- Florida got like skyrocketed up re- real estate wise.
1: I did. I got here when, you know, you could rent a decent house for like 800, but obviously that went up since then I've been, so I'm going into my sixth year living out here and yes, things got crazy last year, but I think that's going to die down a little bit, um, in terms of, I mean, you know, at least stabilize, uh, but, you know, luckily everyone's safe out here. I haven't had any hurricanes destroy me or ravage my world. And uh, I think I'm sticking around here for a little while.
0: Nice. nice. So you digging it?
1: Yeah, man. I, I didn't think I was going to. I mean, I lived in New York City for like seven years. I grew up on Long Island. I lived in Michigan. I, w- I, I didn't expect to be out here this long, but um, I like it.
0: Yeah, New York's crazy. Boston, New York, you know, like any of the big hub cities it's so crazy to live in now like like you can't really move like if you wanted to be in manhattan now you'd have to have like three roommates in like a like a 800 square foot apartment or you'd have to be so independently wealthy it's it's just bananas you know Um,
1: yeah and even if you were why would you wanna i love that city or at least i loved it in the 90s when i lived there yeah but um right now I don't want to live there. I miss oh. it. I miss. I miss when I lived there. You know, different time and place in the world. You can go see the Ramones in St. Mark's Place. You know, like yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A different, different time.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. See when St. Mark's Place still had a lot of dirty needles just sticking in the sticking in the ceiling.
1: <laughs> it it, it has some character. Yeah, before that's for sure. Yeah,
0: before CVS was uh, John Varvatos and uh, whatnot. But yeah, man, for sure. So. Um, the reason why you know I definitely got in touch is because you know I've seen I've seen a couple episodes of uh, Strange World. I did I haven't seen Dark Files, which was your other show that you produced, and I did see um, your film uh, Montauk uh, Chronicles, um, and. Uh, and then I, I heard, I think I heard you on uh, the confessionals or something. And then that's how I found your podcast. And I was like, man, this, this, me and this guy got a lot in common. I, I know we must've grown up in the same time uh, and been subject to a lot of the same influences. So uh, I definitely wanted to have you on. And, um, and, uh, you know, this, mot- this podcast has a lot to do with, mo- we say motorcycles, uh, music and high weirdness and by high weirdness, I mean, whether it's like paranormal stuff or, you know, supernatural stuff and, and, uh, investigators and people that are involved in those worlds. Um, so we're kind of across the board. It's, it's kind of like how Joe Rogan is, but we're like, instead of, uh, instead of UFC fighters, I'll, I'll, I'll have, uh, you, you know, instead of comedians and UFC fighters, I have, uh, people from our subcultures. Um,
1: oh, I love it.
0: Yeah. But, but. So I guess like to start off, I, I I know you you've 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 done a lot of um production work um and a lot of it's you know kind of thematically in the world of like strange stuff, like whether it's paranormal or supernatural. What let me ask you to start off with a grand tour chicken or egg situation. Like did you get into video and film production um because of your interest in that stuff, or did did you get into the film stuff first and then that was kind of, and then the supernatural kind of stuff was what, um, you know, you just decided on as a topic or a subject?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I I got into it all around that same time in those formative years. My parents owned a video store growing up. They were movie obsessed. They took us to the drive-in. We got to see every movie you could think of. You know, I like they would take us in their station wagon and I'd sit on top of the and they'd watch any movie that they would take us to and we would just watch on top. So I was exposed to maybe movies I shouldn't have seen at a very young age, but, (laughs) and they, you know, I'm sure he went through the same thing. And I got got really into special effects makeup. And so I was making masks and severed fingers and severed limbs and Fangoria magazine. You know, back then it's like hard, it's hard for people that grew up in the internet age to understand that there wasn't much, access to behind the scenes unless you were in in terms of horror movies, unless you were reading that magazine. And that magazine was a taboo. There were, you know, newsstands and and like Walden books and stuff that sometimes would cover those magazines up or put other magazines in front of them because the covers were so gruesome, you know, like from George Romero's day of the dead and there were faces being ripped off and it was just such an explosive magazine back then. And, um, I don't know what attracted me to that a hundred percent, but I know maybe my exposure to horror films at an early age, um, you know, my dad making himself up every Halloween, uh, you know, Mike, the making of Michael Jackson's thriller with uh, John Landis, you know, like Rick Baker doing the makeup in that, and then getting into George Georgia, and Tom Savini, you know, the director of Dawn of the Dead and the special effects artist yeah. and stuntman for Dawn of the Dead. I mean, that that stuff just blew my mind as a kid it just blew my mind and around the same time there were um, reruns of the leonard nimoy show in search of which i was also obsessed with because i mentioned this that fine line between fiction and reality i'm experiencing all these movies and you know when you're a kid you're like you think everything is real i thought you know Godzilla lived in Japan. I really thought like those, I thought those monsters were real. And yeah. if you go to Japan, you're going to see the giant, you're going to see Mothra, you're going to see yeah. Godzilla and all that stuff as a little kid. Yeah. And so you start to get to the point where, okay, people make this stuff. And I think that's where I was for a very long time. And the movies were just as advice to film the special effects. And then as I got into high school, I um, got serious about directing because I felt like makeup artists were... I grew up around a makeup artist. He passed away when he was 40, unfortunately. His name was Jay Wells and uh, great guy. And I was like 12 when I met him and he took me into his shop and he'd be playing all this classic rock and, you know, doing makeup and putting things together. He'd be smoking a joint while he'd be sculpting a Frankenstein head and stuff. Um, That's who I grew up around. And I just, that was my whole world. And then finally I realized, look, the only way I'm really going to tell a story is if I become a filmmaker. And then in college, it was like, I got back to the point where I felt, you know, I had a few, I had a couple of paranormal experiences. I don't know if we call them paranormal back then. You know, I, I experienced a haunting when I was 14, or at least looking back in hindsight, that's what I thought it was then. And it um, happened for two nights. And uh, between all of that and just a fascination that some of this stuff could be real, I, I certainly wanted to approach it. In, uh, in documentary form. And really, my first documentary about something in that world was Montauk Chronicles, and that led to everything else. Yes. Seems like it all came full circle. Oh, and I forgot to mention, you know, uh, and I'm sure this happened to you too, I was obsessed with the mysteries of the unknown books, everything yes. from the golden book of the unexplained to um, the enchanted world. You remember that book series of Vincent Price? advertised on TV yep. when we were kids. Yep.
0: I, I had that. I, so. I didn't have that one. I had the time life one, but then I had this other one. I don't know if you remember this. And I and I a couple years ago I i rebought it. I got the whole collection. Do you remember one called Man, Myth and Magic?
1: Yes, I do. I, got the I think whole i still collection. have a few of those. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah. I bought I bought it on eBay. Someone had the whole collection of all, all the encyclopedias. I'm like, oop,
1: score. got them <laughs> Right. And you sit and poured over that artwork in there and those stories just blew my mind so I think it all was coming together around the same time it was the, the as you know it's like that stuff juxtaposed to all the films you loved at the time it was like suggesting yeah that that stuff is real and I think that was even more fascinating and mysterious and you know looking up at the night sky and wondering if something was hovering over you I still you know, when we were kids UFOs and the men in black were terrifying things. They were really spooky stuff. And I have not seen that portrayed well since maybe the movie fire in the sky or communion with Christopher Walken. Um, there hasn't really been because it's either been these big action tentpole films like independence day or the X-files, which I liked a lot, but, um, you know, but it goes a little further and these days it seems more like sport, like the UFO hunter reality shows, which I, if I'm going to approach that subject matter now, I want to take it back to something that really works for me because it's still such a mystery, regardless sure. of them, you know, regardless of the governments right now telling us this stuff is real, okay? I mean, like I never thought I would actually see that in my lifetime, that they're admitting to it now.
0: How bananas uh-huh. is that, man? Like, how bananas is it that it was during COVID they came out and said, Yeah, there's there's uh there's uh things we can't explain. And then there was some government engineer in, in the New York Times saying, Oh, we have crap that aren't from this world. And no one's giving a shit. Like it's like crazy, dude. Like I'm like, I'm like, it was like hidden on like page eight or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, are they just messing around with us or are they trying to like you know, pave the way to some disclosure. Who who knows what's going on? It's bananas. But the, just the general lack of interest, like in 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 media coverage on that. On the, those are two bombshells, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're because we're so we're
1: bombarded by All things day. on a daily basis. Yeah, you have like these these active shooters like twice a month, and you have these political fights and riots and you all this crazy and, shit yeah, happening. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, just nonstop. And then, oh, by the way, aliens are real. Well, we don't know if they're aliens. They're something from another dimension. Or, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, wait a second, what is happening here?
0: <laughs> you can't just and poo-poo that, put that on the – you don't put it out there and then not follow up, yeah. <laughs> no, and,
1: and, yeah, do I think they're uh, preparing us for something? I really do. I don't think that's just – a distraction, they would use other stuff to distract us. Yeah. They use like the Kardashians to distract true, us or something, true. you know, yeah. like, I mean, those people pay for their press, but I, I, you know, yeah, I, you, we live in an exciting time, but it's kind of scary too, because imagine five years from now, we find out that everything we've learned in motion pictures and story and all of this paranormal stuff is real, I guess, all real.
0: yeah i mean we we, in in just in the 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 first 10 minutes here of us talking like uh you've hit on so many things that i want to follow up and back up on um and before we get too deep into stuff like i just wanted to give you a shout out for having um, one of the editors of fangoria on your podcast that was a super interesting one because i was one of those kids too that fiended for that and uh i think sometimes i pine for those days like it's great now, like that. There's so much information and in media, and if you want to see the behind the scenes or the making of any movie or anything, like the any kind of media, is just at your fingertips with the internet and and all these, uh, you know, beyond just cable subscription TV and whatever's there. But I think there was something magical about when we grew up where you just had to you had one magazine for the month and you had to wait for the next issue and then you just scoured and poured through that magazine and then found whatever reading material you could that was related to things and you I felt like we probably uh, it was more, I don't know for lack of a better word magical to us and, and 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 more arcane and it was like knowledge you had to find and you I think you appreciated it more um just like hunting down this stuff especially back then in like the 70s and 80s you know it wasn't you know you, you had to like really seek this stuff out and i remember going through fangoria and then going into the back and ordering like fake blood and 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 prost you know like supplies of like for 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 gore makeup from this i think it was called like full moon productions in like Schenectady, new york or something like i just I re- <laughs> remember all that you know what i mean and i never thought about that in years but um that's one of the things about um i was just giving you a shout out on your podcast that like listen to them or the guy that wrote gore shriek and penn gore shriek like Brought back a lot of childhood memories, man. So, uh, you know, um, and we'll talk about the podcast as well, too. But I'm just giving uh, context while you brought up a couple of things, you know.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'll continue to do that because I love diving into that. Well, I, I you know, I feel like there, for whatever you want to create, whether it be your podcast, a piece of artwork, a movie, writing, it's like you can dip into everything you just described. I think it's a technique tell you the truth or even just for good energy in your soul is don't shy away from those things that you're nostalgic about like that dive into it keep it around as an oracle to dive into even for therapy you know if you're stressed out like I have all those old Fangoria magazines no one but you and I and people like us would even understand you know and if I sit and flip through one of those and chill out in my office it brings me back to a place and then you've got this amorphous energy you can use. You can use it just to chill or you could use it and apply it. I'm writing a horror film right now and it's like, hey listen, I'm grateful that I'm in a position where I'm gonna make this movie. And I'm not gonna skimp on this thing. I'm not gonna make a piece of shit. I'm gonna go and make the best movie I ever dreamt of. And tapping into that energy helps, it really does. I believe in that so much.
0: Oh yeah, man! I do that this, with 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 every, and and I'm not like a hoarder, but I kind of am, like a hoarder for nostalgia, like things that 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 give you that energy. Like I'll do the same thing with like Thrasher magazines from like the '80s, you know what I mean? Like oh or, yeah, man! Or, or, or the old bike magazines or whatever, man. And I, I get into that, and I'm like, oh, the stuff from your youth that helped form you. But uh one thing I wanted to talk about real quick, just as a, as an aside, because you mentioned like seeing movies in the driving that you probably shouldn't. Um When I was a kid. We were driving by the drive-in in my town and they were playing Porky's on that thing. Like, you think that would nice. happen nowadays? Like, holy shit. Like, You couldn't even make that movie now, for one. And, and and two, like, to have that on the big screen. And I remember as a kid, I, I was like, and, you know, it was one of the scenes where you could see a girl, like, naked or whatever. And I was so stoked because as a kid, I was like, what the hell's going on? And I, I would always try and make my father drive by the drive-in when like, when we were going home. Like, instead of taking the highway, I'm like, no, go Route 6. Go Route 6 so we could go by the drive-in because I always wanted to see <laughs> what we were going to see. But uh, the other thing, too, is, like, when you're a kid, like you were talking about i i I just wanted to touch on because i think it's important um like those things like having that sense of wonder and curiosity about things but also um you know being terrified by them i remember seeing the um you know like or like and seeking out the weird stuff but i remember seeing there was a movie about the bermuda triangle that i forced my father to bring me to when i must have been like seven or something um and I can't even remember who narrated it, but it was in theaters, but it was kind of a documentary, but it was in theaters, and I remember being so freaked out by that that I couldn't even sleep like for like 3 nights. And my father was like I'm not bringing you any more of this stuff. And then of, of course he did, but um but you know, I wish stuff would terrify me like that nowadays, you know what I mean? Cuz it, it, it you know, it sucks, but it's also like it's like a thrill, like a high, I guess, you know?
1: Right. And 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 here's the thing, like only the people that experience what you and I experienced while watching those moments could tap into that energy and bring it back to other people. And that is certainly what I'm reminding myself on a daily basis when I'm writing these movies or even working on something. And then I want, even the podcast, it's like I want to bring that for other people because I know it would probably be, for the most part, universally received the same way we received it. Um, even the youth, I think, I see them going back. Like kids are going to Target and and um, Best Buy and buying records and record players, kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something about that that's, you know, that that, it, that completely, records will never go away now. It completely survived the technology evolution. Yeah. And there's something about the ritual of putting the record on the player. I got tons of records, new and old, you know? And yep. it's like, you know the deal and and just, same just, with just, what we're just talking
0: h- holding it and reading the liner notes and looking at the art close up and it's a whole package it's it's it, you know i have a lot of stuff digitally that i own the vinyl of but you know i have more of an appreciation for the vinyl because it's an actual object that you like hold and possess you know and and you can sure. you can you know there's a ritual like you said to putting it on and putting it on the record player but you know just i used to like to read all like I'd even read like the thanks list and I'm like, oh, they like this is who they're thinking. I probably like these bands too. And then go hunt those records because it was, you know, pre-internet, you know, for me when I'm talking about this, but you know, and and all of it was just like, you know, seeking stuff out and and um and, and taking all of it in. Like it was a whole experience with that. And and that was sure. the same thing with movies too. Like you just look at the cover and you read the back of it and you like get all excited, you know, there's anticipation for it before you even pop it into the VHS player, you know.
1: That's why physical media is not going away. It's, no. it's, it, it, as much as they want to phase it out, it's not happening. Netflix will never replace the collection of movies I have in my own home library. It's yeah. not happening.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I wonder though, this is, you know, I don't know if you've tried virtual reality, but it really is something else even now.
0: Yeah. I, I tried the and, PlayStation one. It's, cr- it's bananas. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, now the other things you can do, is let's say we collaborate on a documentary or I make a documentary, you make a movie, I make a movie. You can go into something called big screen right now, walk inside the lobby and there are avatars walking around, but people are operating them and you're operating your own. And you come in and say, hey, um, in about an hour, I'm going to play a little horror film I made. Who wants to check it out? It's in room so-and-so, punch into this, here's the code. Then all of a sudden you punch into that code and you're sitting in a theater with all of these people and you can look at them. You look at them, you look at their avatars and you can intro the movie and now you're sitting in a giant theater, Ziegfeld Theater, you know, New York style, big giant screen and you can put on the movie for people. And I think Hangouts and stuff like that in the future, it won't be such a bad thing. There's one bad component to this but I, I think that type of community and enjoying something, even though you're, you, know, you can say it's not tangible, eventually it will be. You'll feel it. You'll mm-hmm. be able to, it'll be like you won't be able to tell the difference. So there are positives that come for something like this. Um, and that world is going to be amazing. It's going to be really tempting to, you know, to, to dive into.
0: So the, the issue at, at that point is we you, now you're in the matrix, right? You don't want to, you don't want to unplug,
1: <laughs> right? Right, and that's the, okay. So that's where we're going though, because right now it's just a visual trick, and you know once Elon Musk releases Neuralink,
0: oh, I don't know how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, same. I might hold off on it. It's gonna be really tempting though. It's 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 probably gonna be the greatest temptation because everything will be available to you. I wonder, you know, like all the guests listening right now, like ask yourself, you, first you have to imagine the possibilities. And it's everything that you, you just said, the, the matrix. It's, it's basically anything you would ever want and then only could imagine available to you, all senses hooked in, and you won't be able to tell the difference between fantasy and reality. And it's all yours. It's all available to you. I think most people would just dive right in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I try not to be an early adopter of anything though. Cause you know, they refine it and make it so much better. Like, you know, three weeks, you know, three, three generations in, I, I you know, and I'll probably wait if I get Alzheimer's stock kicking in, I'm like, all right, throw that thing in. Let's uh, let's reverse this.
1: <laughs> right. That's how they'll get everybody in yeah, the end. No, nobody really wants to, I mean, I don't know. I've thought about, I don't know if you've ever really thought about that, but it's like moving on to that next plane. What if it's amazing? I'm not, not not that, not that I want to go anytime soon, but I'm just saying like, we all have to accept that at some point. Oh, absolutely. But, but technology might keep you alive. A lot longer. Indefinitely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, you know, the crazy thing too, is with that Neuralink is, is, you know, the thing I'm naturally, um, a little suspicious of people like, so like Tesla comes out, right. And you know, they, they put that car out and, They're like, oh, yeah, but if you want this, you got to pay $4,000 for this license. And if you want this, you got to pay, like, $2,000. So what if you get into Neuralink and they're like, oh, yeah, but if you want the the life-saving Alzheimer's module, that's a $5,000 module. You know what I mean? Like, you got to pay to to plug that in. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's going to get very monetized very quickly, you know, and it's going to be only certain people are going to have access to certain things. I don't think it's going to be a big, um, you know, Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see that it's going to be a very, um, uh, you know, I think it's going to happen because it's money to be made, you know, or even if it's not him, it's going to be his board, you know, the the, the people on the board for that, you know, are going to want to monetize it. Yeah. I mean, obviously people
1: are after him at the moment, but um, I think, I don't know, you know, and, and the question before I was about to say, Oh, I, you know, I suppose he would want to, make it available to everyone is that who can you trust? We, what are we seeing on this, this parade that's in front of us? Are we really seeing what we think we're seeing Is this all one big ruse? Yeah. I, I just quit. I, I don't walk around paranoid, but just a healthy amount of, paranoia yeah, you know yeah well you know it's a,
0: a healthy amount of questioning w- what's going on and if you, if that hasn't been instilled in people in the over the course of the last couple of years i don't know what will but it very much intensified my general mistrust of, of things whether it's just general media or or anything beyond it you know what i mean because i'm like we just constantly, like you said, we're constantly getting bombarded, but we're also constantly getting lied to. Like, you know what I mean? And and it's been never more apparent. I almost pined for the days when there was like three channels and they were all just reporting news, like, you know, for an hour a day. And then you could go about your regular life for the for the rest of the day, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, you have to go back and listen to it the way we received it. When, and I, I mean, I could give a damn about, I didn't even care about politics yeah. at all. I still yeah. don't. The only reason why I do now is because obviously something's going on. And like you just said, we are being lied to. Uh, that is clear. And if anyone doesn't believe that, please wake up. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. there's a lot, there is a lot going on right now. And uh, hopefully it gets revealed. Hopefully it gets squashed and things change. So
0: yeah. I, I don't know. I don't either, man. <laughs> we, we just keep plugging on, you know what I mean? And, and hopefully, yeah. I, I can't wait till yeah, we get some disclosure, man. Cause I think life will get way more interesting really fast, like overnight, you know, if, if, if they come out with what's really going on. Like,
1: yeah, well, hopefully it's nothing like what we've seen in certain films. Cause it's like, you know, if you wake up tomorrow and there's a giant mothership hovering over New York, yeah, yeah. Los Angeles, you know, Detroit, you know, Chicago, um, we might be in trouble. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Yep. And then like head to the mountains, but Hey, you know, um, you early, you mentioned that you did have as a child, a couple of, uh, paranormal experiences, one being a haunted, like if you, what, 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 uh, what, what did you go through when you were a kid?
1: Well, all right. So I grew up with ghost stories, of course, and, sure, and yeah. movies about hauntings. I mean, the Amityville, the real Amityville house was only 10, 15 minutes away from my own house. And, um, you know, as a teen, we would drive up to the Amityville house and sit on the front lawn and bring Ouija boards and stuff in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. We did we did that, you know? I've been, I've like, been
0: over there. There's a, there's a music venue right around the corner from there, so, we, so we've been over there a couple of times.
1: Oh, yeah, know, I know that one, too, yeah. man. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I grew up with ghost stories in the house. You know, my mother, uh, we had a cousin that died in a car accident, and... Um, my mom was trying on one of her sweaters and it was like the dead of winter and her bedroom door, she was in her bedroom and the bedroom door. It got cold in the room first and then the bedroom door slammed shut. There was no breeze in the house, nothing like that. And she said she felt her presence. And this was some time after the accident and um, not too long after that. And I'm not blaming it on anything, but I had, I went through that dark phase, like a lot of us that grew up listening to heavy metal and hardcore music, you know, like did, uh, watched horror films, really, you know, some really dark ones, too. And um, then I started getting um, I got a book from New York City called Magical Formulary that was given to me, and then I got my hands on some black magic books.
2: Yeah. Did,
0: and around you, did, that did you get the Necronomicon? Because every kid I knew had the Necronomicon. <laughs> we had that, too. I always
1: question its validity, though, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The mad, um, the mad
1: Arab, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but other ones, you know, Aleister Crowley, sure. like all that yeah. stuff, because, you know, Ozzy was singing about it, so I wanted to get my hands on what, what the source material was. Sure. And I'm not blaming it on all that stuff, but I wonder if you're in that frame of mind and you're in a dark place and don't know how to filter it or process it, especially at such a young age, that you're you're inviting some some darker things in. So sure. I'm at my buddy's house.
0: Definitely open and, to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and I know that stuff now, and that's why I have a, I'm able to be around all this material, and it doesn't put me in a bad mood. It actually, like, I see it as I'm collecting artifacts, and I put them around my house. And, you know, it's interesting to me. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm at my buddy's house. We're listening to music, and a um, few of us stayed over his house, and he lived with his sister and his mother. And, um, so we're in his room. We're all falling asleep. I'm sleeping on the floor. Another buddy's in the floor in the corner somewhere, you know, uh, and this dude's on his bed and it's dark in the room. And I'm looking up at his ceiling and he's got those glow in the dark stars. He had them all over the ceiling and then, you know, just kind of drifting off to sleep. And I fell asleep and then I wake up and I wake up to this loud whispering feels like it's pitch black in the room outside of looking up at these stars. Um, and I'm awake. I wasn't dreaming. And it's just this loud whispering. It was like a female coming from a female. And immediately I knew this is just strange. Like there was something really weird about it. And, you know, I said, hey, who's doing that? Hey, you know, and like I kicked his bed and he woke up and said, go back to sleep. What are you talking about? And I was possessed to get up, and so I got up, I found my way to the door, walked out into the hallway. I knew where his sister's room was, and I'm creeping around his house, like, trying to find that. And I'm hearing this whispering while is, I'm walking
0: can, around. Is it saying something? Or can you Do you know what it's saying, or you so, just hear it? So, it was... Now, it could have been a, a language.
1: I mean, I'm familiar with many languages. I don't speak them, but if I heard someone speaking it, I could tell you whether it's German or Russian or sure, Spanish. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, maybe it was a language I wasn't familiar with at the time. But it sounded like gibberish. It was just whispering, but, you know, I couldn't make out any of the words. It was in the cadence of a language. Hmm. And it was just, you know, whispering. And... So I'm walking around and I'm freaked out, you know, because i am it's in the middle of the night, it's dark in this house and something's whispering and I'm trying to find the source of it just to make sense. But I knew the whole time that I wasn't going to find anything because it was really out of the ordinary and it came with a, a very odd feeling. Like I, you know, I felt really strange listening to this thing. I knew it was something weird. Yeah. And so I walked down the steps to where his mother's room was. And I'm walking through, and again I'm creeping through this guy's house, going to people's <laughs> bedroom's doors. Just trying to figure this out, yeah, you yeah, know.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And um, and his mom was fast asleep, and so I kind of hurried back into his room, and I just I laid back down on his floor and just freaked out and tried to just you know drown it out, and then eventually I fell asleep. I think as the you know sky was turning bluish and the sun was coming up, I fell asleep. So, I only heard it one other time. It was the next night, and it was when I was back at my parents' house and i so I go back to my parents that night, and it was around the same time again, and same sound this time I'm just really listening, and I'm like, "What is this? you know and I wasn't as scared, but I was you know still bugged out by it because I knew it wasn't you know I didn't hear it during the day it didn't filter throughout the day. It didn't happen any other time outside of I I already fall asleep and then wake up and hear this thing again. And then, um, I never heard it again. I never heard it before that. I never heard it again. I don't know what the rules are here. I may have picked up some attachment from his house. Um, I don't know what I was really hearing, but I have since found out about different technologies that can make it, make a person feel like they're hearing things. Maybe something interdimensional, maybe something was trying to communicate with me elsewhere. You know, you don't know back then. I was like, This is a haunting, that was a ghost.
0: Sure,
2: yeah. You don't
1: know what it is, I yeah. have no idea what a ghost is,
2: you know.
0: Yeah, that was that's that's bizarre. I've I've heard a lot of stuff like through the years, but I haven't heard someone hearing like whispering like that. That's a that's a that's a new one. Um,
1: yeah, and I didn't, you know, I I ruled out that I was you know if I was nuts because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it it was just selective. It just only did it for two nights at two different, same time of night, two different locations, and never happened again.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. How how old were you, roughly? It's about 14. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man, that's a strange one for sure. That that must have have shook you up for a little while.
1: It's just thinking about it. It's what, you know, when you know you've experienced something. um, You know, I had a friend uh, some years ago. It was not too long after her father passed away. And um, she called me from Puerto Rico, where she was living. And uh, she said she was crying. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, I just saw a ghost. Like, like, you know, when you believe someone, there's no way she would have called me to say that if she did. And I felt how afraid and how exhilarated she was at the same time. And then she described what she saw. And it was the man he appeared to her in the kitchen of the apartment she was renting and she later talked to the landlord and the landlord said, and you know she said that this he used to live here. this was my husband, you know the man you're describing and she brought out a picture and it was him.
2: Wow
1: yeah. yeah And he was just standing there in the kitchen he smiled at her she said he didn't do anything wrong. he just scared me and, and she was crying from the, see, that experience because all at once you realize that we go on that there's yeah. something else
0: and you know? ju- yeah it just shatters any you know veil of normalcy you know what i mean like a of, of regular world you're like oh no you just saw some other shit you know what i mean like and you, with your own eyes and uh, yeah not, there's no going yeah. back you know
1: <laughs> yeah not to get too overly metaphysical but we live in the fake world i mean like we we now, everything before us, everything from the desk I'm sitting at to the computer and everything is just a replica of someone's imagination. We create these things to make sense of our daily life. You know, It's not real. Mm. None of it's really real. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe the other side is real. You know, and We don't know what that is. It could be something so simple. Imagine getting there and everyone's just like, let me just sit you down for a second and tell you what, and you're like, oh, that's what this is? <laughs> oh my God. The whole time we're all so scared and everyone's so afraid of each other and afraid of everything. And it just makes so much sense now. Kind of hope for that. Yeah. You know? That's kind
0: of one of the better, better possible outcomes, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, like what was it? Bill Hicks said, it's just a ride. Yep. You know, you're on it for a while and you get off, but it's a ride. Yep. You know, maybe, maybe that has a deeper meaning.
0: This is true. He was, he was, uh, a, there's there's so much, um, wisdom in comedy. <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, and, uh, you know, like, yeah, who knows, man. So I'm trying not to get down too many, too, too many rabbit holes here. I'm trying to, uh, get uh, on track because we could talk about a million different things right now. Oh, but no worries. Why, why don't we talk about, I know you spent, a considerable about amount of time researching um the the going ons over at Montauk and the Montauk base um and I'm going to admit until I saw your movie I wasn't as familiar with it I I knew about like the Montauk monster and the thing the thing that washed up that they think is just a dog or whatever it was or a raccoon yeah it was a raccoon, a raccoon yeah. <laughs> but but um I think more people are familiar with that but you know um you know the the, the whole Montauk thing gets pretty deep like it 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 and it's all the possibilities, um, it, you know, so you're the expert on this. So why don't you talk a little bit about your research on Montauk and the Montauk Chronicles? Um, Cause that's a good introduction for people to, to, to check out your film. Um, and, and uh, I know a lot of people find this stuff interesting and they might not know about it. So, you know, like a synopsis of, of, uh, of your research and what you found and what got you interested in that. And then, you know, you know, talk a little bit about the film.
1: Sure. So when, when I, first heard about it, it was in the 90s when Preston Nichols' little tiny independently published book came out. And w- we grew up with movies like Brian De Palma's The Fury and David Cronenberg's Scanners yeah, yeah. and you know Stephen King's Firestarter. And they all were about government programs that were trying to take human beings and enhance abilities. I knew a little bit about some of the programs that allegedly really did happen. And now they've been confirmed. They did happen. Like the government was involved in enhancing these innate, allegedly innate human abilities, everything from psychic warfare where they could remote view and see plans from afar to other abilities that they would hope to unlock. Because of course, you know, the military would want to use that for anything. They, you know, they had a, a telekinetic warrior, psychic warriors. These programs really happened. So just knowing that, and then you had a few old men that claimed they were part of the the deeper level versions of these programs, things that would make your head spin. Plus aliens were involved, plus doorways to other dimensions and back in time, and I'm like, all right, listen to me. I don't know if I believe this because I grew up with this fiction. But what I want to do, and this is where my mindset was at at the time, was just talk to these old guys. I think it would make an amazing documentary if I just sit in their backyard, just sit in a very normal, real situation where they live, and just have this old man tell me a story. And that's yeah. how it started. And it started, I started shooting it in 06. And then um, as it progressed, started to read a little bit more about government programs that were a little darker. Uh, In nature, everything from the Tuskegee medical experiments where they lied to a bunch of gentlemen and they told them they were getting free health care and they were injecting them with syphilis and monitoring them over time. That's one. The other one was the Holmesburg prison experiment where they were telling these inmates that here's $5, here's $20, we're going to test some bubble bath on you. But really what they were doing, and again, this can be confirmed, you can check out a book called Acres of Skin by Alan Hornbloom and other research, is that these guys were being used in mind control experiments, in other words, where these deep government-funded programs were taking these people who they thought were totally expendable, like in the Tuskegee Medical experiments it's completely disgusting stuff. And, they just saw different people who they thought were expendable and no one cared about, and no one would kick up a fuss and we could lie to and try different things on. So where the Montauk Project comes in this and why I believe it ultimately, now not everything that was said, but what I do believe in is I think it was tantamount to like the Holmesburg prison experiment where they, there was a ton of runaway kids at the time, you know, street kids, street hustlers, and they approached them, maybe in some cases, offered them a stipend and said, we want you to be part of this study. We'll pay you this much. Come on down. Mm. And allegedly, they were beaten, um, abused to the point of where their personalities were fractured.
0: Yeah, basically breaking their personality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Completely broken down where their minds could be manipulated and other things like enhancing psychic abilities. And in this process, it said that there were thousands that were murdered over the years in this process. So that's something that dawned on me a little further into it. It was a journey because I made two different movies. One I threw out and started all over again for several reasons and the one that's out in the world right now. And again, I had to put in, some of the more fantastic claims, which were, they were reverse engineering alien technology there. There were doorways that they were being created through technology to other dimensions. There was alien contact. There were monsters being created from an imaginary, uh, the combination of your imagination and a, and a very powerful technological device that was given to us by the aliens. Part of me feels like a lot of that was created to throw people off of this mass murder program, Uh, much like the Holmesburg prison experiments or other experiments that actually did happen that could be confirmed. Yeah, and you, you heard of uh,
0: Midnight Climax, right? Where they were giving LSD to uh, Johns visiting uh, prostitution houses in San Francisco in like the sixties, um, to, to see yeah. if they could do mind control, and kind of gets connected to the to the Manson family a little bit and everything. But there was a big book on that that just came out in the last couple years.
1: I just bought that last night. Chaos, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even read it yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. No, yeah. I can't wait to dive into that one. But
0: it's another one of those things where it's like they've come out and like yes this project existed and this guy kind of blew it up a little bit and you know and then you know if anyone's further reading you, you, you the introduction just go get william cooper behold a pale horse <laughs>
1: it's just that is scary to read right now yeah you know
0: yeah i know i know i found my old well, copy and I, I had like the first press like i bought when i was a kid like in the early 90s and and i just found it again i had borrowed you know this is like the weird the synchronicity thing like I was like, I let someone borrow this book like 15 years ago, and I couldn't think of who it was. And literally, it was driving me crazy. And two days later, one of my old friends called. He's like, hey, I still got your book. Do you want it back? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> you know how it is, man. Yeah. You throw things out yeah. and it comes back.
1: Yeah, man. No, it's good to have all of the I, – I basically kept that library I've been building since I was a kid. I, as many of them as I've been able to hold on to over the years. Moved yeah, yeah. Moved a lot. But it's, um, you know, the Montauk Project at this time, after everything I've done and everything I've researched, and the fact that there were so many other programs that occurred during that time that we were able to prove, is that I believe something happened there. And then later on, you know, after I made this two hour uh, docudrama called Montauk Chronicles, um, I ended up a few years later uh, making uh, a show producing and hosting it co-hosting it uh for history channel called the dark files which i was able to do something I, I didn't have the money to do for montauk chronicles which was really a character study of the of the idea and the claims that these guys said happened
0: yeah um and dark dude, files and i was just, able to not to cut you off quick but man what time and you got these guys while they were still alive before they were t- too far you know too old were you know what i mean like you got them Probably when they yeah. were ready to talk about things and, too, when, you know, they don't they didn't have, you know, unfortunately not a lot of time left. So it was so good you got to document that before they were gone, you know?
1: Yeah, man. Al Bielek died while I was filming. So yeah. I, I was able to carry over the only interview I did with him and, uh, you know, into the second version. But outside of that, I got to re-interview everybody and then I re-interviewed them again for the Dark Files. And, you know, in the mix, some people were clearly making some stuff up. But I think, I think some of them were genuine, at least I feel Preston Nichols was part of something, you know, he, he had something to do with it because a lot of what these guys said has, has since been revealed in other ways, or is starting to come true. Even some of the technology they talked about years ago, that wasn't even being discussed anywhere has, has come to fruition. And, um, you know, I'm not giving them full credit for everything they said, but obviously something happened there. You know, When I made, made the Dark Files for History Channel, we brought geophysicists to the ground. They were able to use a device called electric resistivity imagery where we got a vertical slice, and you'll see it in the, in the show. Um, we got a vertical slice that proves there was an enormous you know, man-made structure underneath the ground where these guys are saying there's nothing there whatsoever. I don't know why it's so hard for people to believe, especially after all the evidence that we have that there were other programs like this, that at least something that's similar happened at Montauk during that time period between nineteen seventy one and, and nineteen eighty three. You know, it's not yeah. that hard to believe.
0: Yeah. 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 So um for, for people that might not be familiar exactly what you're saying is you it was it that basically confirm the existence of big underground structures <laughs> you know what i mean so like if the normal base is on the is on the surface and maybe a basement but but how deep did it go down
1: so when when we took the reading there were the geophysicists took the reading the ceiling the top of the ceiling itself was 25 feet or so down and then from the ceiling to the floor it was another i don't know i think they said something like 30 feet yeah. And that was just a small vertical slice on the outskirts of the gate that surrounds this giant radar tower, yeah. uh, the Sage Semi-Automatic Ground Environment Radar Tower that's basically on the cliff overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, Montauk Point. Uh, the way the town, for anybody that doesn't know at all anything about this, um, the town is configured where five miles from the town itself, which in the summertime, it's a resort town, you know, people end up going there to go to the beaches, they go surfing, they have a good time. But five miles from town, in the middle of the woods, many, many acres of woods, is something called Camp Hero, which is now open to the public. You can go there. It's one of the only places, you know, it's like, you, you know, Area 51 and stuff like that are not accessible legally, but you can legally walk around Camp Hero. They have historical markers everywhere, but what you cannot do. Is bring the equipment that we brought in for History Channel because they were constantly bugging us.
2: Yeah,
1: we get, on the day we were scheduled to to look at certain areas. And this was in the dead of winter, and Montauk's in the middle of nowhere. Um, in the dead of winter, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers were there in droves, drilling. It was like they were putting on a show to keep us out. And why were they there? The same exact day. Yeah, same day, and we didn't even make a huge deal out of this for the show. But so many curious things have happened in regard to this research. Um, Because imagine, if you will, number one, that base gets revealed and then we know that, you know, there were tons of people illegally murdered. There are legal murders, you know, in law enforcement and the military. But this case would have been illegal murders because they were brought under false pretenses. Kids being murdered as, as uh, scientific subjects, you know, for a mind control experiment. A lot of people believe the chaos of the last two or three years are a result of a lot of these things coming out because we're about to find out what our history really is, you know, what's really happened over the last 75 years. And um, it's not gonna be pretty, you know. Or maybe like you were saying earlier, people are going to find out and they're just not going to care. I mean, didn't they just reveal two days ago that the CIA killed Kennedy? Like, no one cares.
0: Did, I, I didn't even know that. Did they really? Did they, um, did they really? Reveal? I think so. Yeah. I think
1: just like they've been revealing the UFO stuff, that it's um, somewhat enigmatic, you know, like it's a soft, I, I, yeah, better than soft disclosure. But there's enough there if you sit and think about it and you look at it and you read it that you're like, wait a second like Oswald was in the CIA, yeah. like, and you know, you know, people like Oliver Stone and, 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 you know, the characters that he portrayed in a, it, it was a, it was a it was a nonfiction story in JFK. The movie was all about this conspiracy and we've known it for years, you know, that yeah. bullet couldn't have done that dance. Yeah.
0: yeah you yeah. know,
1: it's physics doesn't allow it. Yeah.
0: I got. I got to look up um, what 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 uh, what came out about that because the last thing I remember is that you know when they were supposed to unseal all the files, they're like, nope, we're gonna seal them again another forty years or seventy five years or whatever it was, and it was like, okay, some of these motherfuckers must still be alive then. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, no. <laughs> at the very least, Oswald, it was revealed a hundred percent he was in the CIA, and yeah, and there's more to this. We know it. Come on, yeah, you know it, and um. It's just, you know, it's going to, they, if they keep us divided and keep distracting us with a bunch of bullshit, we we will never figure this out and never seem to care, you know? I mean, if the Matrix was available to everyone tomorrow, that would be a great move on their part, great chess, uh, chess move, a checkmate, sure. yeah, yeah. because everybody would just jump in the Matrix, forget this place, you know? I want to go and uh, do everything I ever wanted to do, total recall, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah, no, I get it, man. It's true. There is—that's what I mean too—is over the last couple of years, the, the 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 keep everyone divided um, and bombarded and like dumbed down and in the dark um, and fighting amongst each other or concerned about trivial things, um, bread and circus stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's it's uh it's never been more apparent, man. And it's like it's sad. You know what I mean? Because uh, you know you 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 want to have um, a glass half full. Like, hey, man, maybe it just got to get a little worse before people really start waking up but i feel like things are done so incrementally on purpose so that there's never a big like jolt to people you know it's like oh sneak this in sneak this in all right push a little further take a little more of this do that you know and then and then yeah you
1: don't even it's not shocking enough it's what would shocking
0: be shocking enough? yeah yeah exactly you know um well you know I don't think until there's no more hamburgers and TV, you know what I mean? Like football or something like, you know, people aren't going to like get jolted out. You know what I mean? Like you keep, they keep everyone uh, happily complacent through, through that type yeah. of stuff,
1: you know, cut off their internet, cut off their power, Yeah, cut off, you know, I mean, we, that's how quickly the world will go to shit. We've seen it even with just the hurricane cutting out power for a week. Everybody, it's like the end of the world. That yeah. they just can't deal yeah, with it yeah, anymore.
0: Yeah, Katrina. Like, the, uh, that was a little, uh, the anthropologist in me, like, you know, studies uh, human uh, culture in, in the, the collapse in, in, uh, in the wake of that, you know what I mean? Like, I had friends out there giving me, like, blow by blow, like, uh, you know, like, daily updates of what what kind of craziness was going on in their neighborhoods, like, in uh, out there after in the wake of Katrina, you know? It's, yeah,
1: way, way back in, in, yeah, Katrina. I got to see New Orleans. They, uh, just about a year after, and it was still pretty, pretty scary. It was chaotic, you know, or le- less than a year. I went out there with a, to shoot a documentary about um, an animal rescue. They were pulling, still pulling animals from underneath houses that were just underwater, you know, not that long ago, I had the yeah. mud and everything. And, um, you know, the gangs were still taking over certain areas, and they just had no problem shooting you. They felt like it. You know, it would yeah. just be like, you know, yeah, I feel like shooting you.
0: Yeah. My buddy was out there and he was like, he goes, it was basically Mad Max times. He's like, and he's got pictures and they all look like Mad Max. Like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, man. a few days into it. He was, there was a cop patrol in the air and he goes, the cops like, Hey, look, I'm leaving tonight at six. I'm not coming back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you guys are on your own. You better have some guns.
1: <laughs> well, that's how, you know, how do you feel about, and again, we've seen this all in movies. Um, the time of Nostradamus, he's sitting there like writing down these prophecies. But since then, like from H.G. Wells to Stephen King, prophets are in the form of writers. Yeah, they're they're channeling this stuff. So everything that those guys have written, and, he, and all of these people, yeah, have prophesized what has. It's all coming true. Orwell and, Orwell. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. He was a prophet. Yeah. They're all prophets. Jane, uh, um, uh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, you know all of these guys. They're all all prophets. They're they're like Nostradamus. You keep looking back at Nostradamus, and what did Nostradamus say? Like read Philip K. Dick and Orwell. They're prophets. You know they they wrote about what what's to happen, what's coming.
0: I mean, so, or- Orwell's pretty tame. Nineteen Eighty-Four is pretty tame to what's happening right now, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, I, maybe it is. Maybe there's something to it, right? Like I never thought about that. Maybe these guys are, you know, seeing things, but they're not writing it down in a prophetic way. They're just making a book out of it, you know, fiction. Like, sure, oh, I see this, and this is what I kind of see coming through, and maybe they are getting a glimpse of something.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's what a modern prophet would do they're yeah. just gonna be like oh my imagination is really strong about this idea let me write this down you know yeah. like i'm not a prophet I'm, I'm just somebody that's thinking this stuff up and it's like oh
0: maybe you're seeing
1: yeah. up ahead
0: yeah you know so um so with montauk too like um i know there's been like a time where it's like because I know a lot of people are familiar with Stranger Things and 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 uh I know that your work with the Montauk project was uh kind of influential how was that you know um how did that how do you, what's the connection between that and Stranger Things because I know a lot of people are going to be more familiar with with uh, with Stranger Things
1: so it's it's 100% connected actually yes. when the Duffers um pitched Stranger Things to Netflix it was pitched as Montauk okay that, that
0: was the name of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever talked? And to them? That,
2: No, they they
1: know of me though. Yeah, yeah, they so. know all about me. I mean, I've had my own television shows. Obviously, not as big as Stranger Things, but they they know who I am. They've seen my documentary. Yeah, of course. Um, and if they're calling
0: me a thing Montauk, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. They they. I was the only person that portrayed that story in a visual way, where you know there were some visual rifts that were definitely observed and, um, and taken, and I'm not the only one that says it, but at the end of the day, they made their own show. I like the show, Yeah, it's cool. I think um, it did nothing but help me in the end, and uh, you know help bring people to wanna to see Montauk Chronicles, maybe that have, would never see it, and uh, it's funny, uh, what was it, I think it was like Washington Post or something contacted me, and they were like, some guy, you know, they made a short film, Uh, and he made it way after my doc, obviously he saw my documentary too. And he made this tiny little six minute thing. It was trying to sue the Duffers and I'm like, get out of here. You know what? Tell him to get off his ass and go make a movie instead. I'm trying to sue these guys. These guys, big deal. They got inspired by an idea and they went out and made a successful show. Everything's at your access. You can't sit there unless someone really does plagiarize and you have a good, you know, they have the provenance where you can prove this motherfucker took my script and made it into the movie. That's different. But if someone's just inspired by an idea that was already out there and then they glanced at my documentary and thought, okay, cool. You know, we'll get some inspiration from this. um, I'm not suing a soul and I, I have no interest whatsoever. I went out and made my own shows and, I, like I said, I think it was a beneficial thing in the end. and You know, yeah. whatever. I, I hope to, you know, just don't rip anybody else off. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So now with with Dark Files, was it um, solely based on the Montauk stuff or did it get into other things the, the way Strange World did?
1: Dark Files was just directly uh, a sequel to Montauk Chronicles and different in the sense where, um, like I said, Montauk was a character study with dramatization. And the Dark Files there were recreations that I directed for it, but um, it was mainly an investigation. And I had uh, myself at the center and then um, Barry Eisler, who was ex CIA and is now uh, like an espionage writer, writer of fiction. And then um, this guy, Steve Volk from the Washington post, which he was supposed to be the skeptic, the, uh, the skeptic. And he was really annoying the whole time, but I, you know, I,
2: <laughs> that's kind of his I don't job, I, right? that's kind of, yeah, his yeah, job. yeah. I can't,
1: yeah, but he was so annoying to the point where we couldn't step forward on an idea. It was difficult having him as an investigative partner. There were a couple of times I appreciated him, but his, he was always there to say, well, no, this. And it's like, look, traditionally, people like you in history are proven wrong because you're, you're, very, you're living in the narrow hallway. It's good to be skeptical. Sure. I'm skeptical of just about everybody I meet until they give me a reason not to be.
2: You
0: but be. especially right. and especially in these worlds because there is a lot of foolishness as, as well as a lot of truth and you gotta, you gotta sure you know sure. So you got to get you gotta wade through it right to, to get to the kernel of, of, of truth yeah I
1: wanted to bring up one example though here's an example where I think we really clash and i I truly believe he was wrong and I think here's a ruse for you so you have someone like Timothy Leary who's promoted as this peace and love guru who gives everybody LSD and promotes everybody to drop out and, you know, uh, drop acid and, and tune, T- out, tune out, in, out. Tune in
0: and drop out, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right,
1: right. Think about this for a second. Do some research on Timothy Leary. There's footage of Timothy Leary chumming it up with MK Ultra scientists pinching their cheeks around a fire and giggling and laughing about experiments they took place in. There's, I truly believe Leary was put out there on purpose and that persona was created and that he was passing out LSD because they had already tested it in these mind control experiments and it was meant to distract people from a cause. You know, and we have been messed with in this way for a very long time. You gotta be careful whenever a public figure comes out like that and as everybody's friend That's who I'm skeptical of, not, you know, when I hear about a government program or something really weird happening, yeah, I approach with caution and I certainly don't declare it real. Even to this moment, I, I'll say, oh, I believe something happened at Montauk. I can't tell you it was real. It hasn't been proven yet, but I can tell you what has been proven. And if you believe in any kind of, you know, guilt by association, there are programs that are almost the same as Montauk, maybe sans the time travel and alien stuff. But that could have just been put out to throw people off. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you see Yeah. Distractions or, or, or things meant to just make it uh, discredit everything. Sure. Cause, sure. You, cause, cause I do feel there is some disinformation put out there to discredit the reality of things too, you know, like the, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it is. it is. But, you know, um, what's been, you know, you, I know you, you dedicated a lot of years to to, to that. Um, anything else that was like particularly striking or you feel very strongly about with Montauk that like, that was a real aspect of it versus, you know, what might be the, you know, I don't know about this much.
1: Yeah, I, I believe since that was the modus operandi of a lot of these programs where they were looking for undesirables. They were looking for people who nobody would believe, so whether it be the bad kids, or whether it be kids on the street, or criminals, you know, um, orphanages, they, they've preyed on all of these places in history, and why wouldn't they have done it in yet another, I guarantee you there are probably a multitude of other programs that we haven't found out about, we may never find out about. Yeah. And um, so I believe that is a major point, However, with the revelation that we are well aware that there are technologies unknown, okay, and they confirmed 100% they are not of earthly origin, which means they're either from some other dimension or from some other planet, galaxy, yeah, somewhere in outer space. And if those things are being admitted to, then that gives some credence to and some credibility to um, some of the other claims surrounding Montauk. Yeah. And do I believe that the governments of the world have experimented with technologies that we've only heard about in fiction and things we could only imagine? A hundred percent. It's been confirmed that they did. Uh, there's a story that I learned while making Strange World, the series I did for uh, Discovery Travel, and going to spend time with these remote viewers that did work with the CIA they claim that the the um, Marvel was approached years and many years ago when they were designing the X-Men. And these ideas of a government creating these supermen, okay, uh, was something that was purposefully discussed in regards to those comic books. I don't know what, is it put in fiction to throw people off? Or is it put in fiction to prepare us for something? Because like I had said earlier, Everything in fiction becomes real. And so one day, I don't know how far ahead, you're not only going to be able to change and to have superhuman abilities in the VR world, in the Matrix, because the Matrix will be real um, not too long from now, but will you be able to do it in life? And there's gene hacking and, and DNA splicing and all. And Yeah, you're able to create human-animal hybrids and all of this stuff. So everything that was written about, everything we grew up with in comic books, everything we grew up with in fiction, is all going to be real. I'm trying to figure out what is completely impossible because I don't think there is anything. It's just a matter of time.
0: Time, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and the science behind it. Now you've talked, yeah. you've talked to a lot of people. Um, you know, a- again, some of the people that were involved with the Montauk project, but also um, people who were, um, I don't want to say victims, or children children that were involved in it as uh, research subjects. Um, are there a lot of things that you hear from multiple people that might not, that, that um, you know, evidence that kind of conveys like a, 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 a do you know what I'm saying? Um, Things that people might not know unless they were really involved in the project. Are you hearing overlapping stories from different sources?
1: Yeah, I have. And there's, there's a common denominator amongst, I think, the people I believe the most. The common denominator is they seem really damaged to me. And I've spoken to a lot of some of these people in private. I'll tell you about one thing that was very striking that I could never get her to fully reveal her identity or come onto a show. She almost did and She got cold feet. And this was one of the greatest pieces of evidence. But, um, so, and again, I, I have to, I have to be careful, especially in recent years. It's really dawned on me that if I'm speaking about this stuff intelligently, you know, yeah, like, whereas if I'm Joe, if I'm, if I'm hyper realizing it on a show, they're fine with that. They don't
0: care. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm sitting here... Yeah, and that's part of the, disinfo- the disinformation yeah. and distraction technique. You just get, yeah, be like, yeah, man, I saw an eight-legged tentacle thing come out of a portal and, and you know, I saw sure. Montauk yeah, People are going, all right, yeah.
1: <laughs> sure, but if you discuss it on an, uh, with intelligence, with thought, you know, and contemplate it and ask people to contemplate themselves, they don't like that. Backed, they don't, by, they don't backed want... by
0: research as well, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, and just, you know, associative research. You can look and find out that program's almost hundred percent the same happened. And there were people that obviously were researching extraterrestrials and researching alien contact and alien technology and all of this stuff is starting to be revealed. So if you start to put all these pieces together in one place, then you'll, you have to admit that if all of this other stuff is real and it's slowly being revealed as real. And if we've known about it for a long time, is it possible that, a deep government project existed where they were looking at all this stuff. It seems, it seems very believable to me. Even if, if if it was really- just,
0: yeah, even if it was just as simple as using like psychedelics or drugs or things to do mind control, to help develop psychic abilities or something that's, you know, earthly of the earthly realm like you don't even have to get into science fiction for that you know like and you can surround it with all the craziness you want but if they were doing that by itself that's so screwed up you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah yeah now i've met part I- i've talked to several and have met a few of them too of these people that i mentioned previous uh that i felt were i'd gone through some damage like um you know when someone's in prison for a lot of years they come out and there's just something a a good deal of them come out and there's just something different you've gone through something that a lot of people don't understand
0: they're a little institutionalized yeah
1: right and and the people that claim they were part of these government programs there's something alike about them there's still issues they have to work out there's still damage now a psychiatrist you know walking out with um you know, wrote academia, will walk out and just say, well, the reason for this is because they're trying to give a name to the problem. They can't take responsibility for the way they feel, and they need to blame a bigger monster for it. Okay, that's great. That's what the book told you to think. But later we'll find out, like Christina uh, Christina Nicola, who in the 90s revealed she really was part of it, and it was confirmed 100%, and these people before Congress, she was one of them, said, no, this was not just a radiation experiment that's bad enough. These were mind control experiments. And Congress admitted to it. And Bill Clinton apologized with one of the Tuskegee medical subjects in front of him because he tried to make it seem like this was a different government at a different time. It wasn't us. It was them. And it's like, wait a second here. Come on, think with your own mind. Don't just take what these people are giving you. And so the, what I'm saying right now, my language right now, is what's dangerous, I think. Like, it's it's basically saying, no. Yeah, they apologize. What did they apologize for? Think about what you're really seeing here, okay? They're, the, what, they're apologizing for a government that occurred 30 years before that sitting president, and you're telling me all that stuff has been dismantled and it's gone now? Yeah. And, and, and what, you're just going to explain all of these mass shootings that happened one after another is just, what,
0: copycats? Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so a, there's something to this. Yeah, have you ever? I, and that was going to, uh, you know, that was going to be one of my follow up questions. Have you ever been um, talked to by anybody? You know what I mean, or, or approached, or been like, "Hey, man, you, you know, you might want to tone this down," or you know, uh, <laughs> or if you can't answer that, don't answer it either. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? No, no, not directly. I think maybe some channels have been stopped here and there maybe i don't know yeah it's i can't say for sure all i can only estimate that if i was in their shoes i wouldn't be happy with anyone speaking about this intelligently because it's contagious when someone says well wait a second don't just accept what they tell you yeah open your mind for a second and think about if they were trying to cover up something really bad would they come forward and reveal everything? And during that same time period, in that two-week period, like I said, wasn't just the Tuskegee medical experiments that were being talked about. There were other things happening that week before Congress, and that stuff was just kind of brushed underneath the rug. And when you tell someone about this, they can even go and double-check and, and research this themselves, and they'll find out it's true.
0: Yeah, there will be but all the records, the congressional yeah, records.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then, what do we do about it? Yeah, you know? well, that's and the then, other
0: thing, right? What do you do? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, what do what do you do about it? I I don't know.
0: Yeah, some, I, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I envy people that are just blissfully unaware and don't care. You know what I mean? It's like um, must be nice.
1: <laughs> well, part of me is like, well, okay, now that you're aware, maybe you won't be so susceptible to some of the triggers that are being sent out to me. If there is any kind of mass mind control going out, um in tv music maybe you'd be selective about what you're opening your eyes to
0: dude i'm and gonna then, just uh, say it and i know it's not popular and i'm gonna get some hate mail about this but <laughs> it it works there are still people wearing masks on the street for covid reasons when they've said 100 these masks don't work for covid so yeah. my, mass mind control does work you know what i mean <laughs> like, it's still, I was very still, still to this day. To this day, you know, and um, and I'm not saying again. So before people get mad about it, and I know everyone lost people, <laughs> and you know, whatever. I'm just saying, to this day, we know masks don't work for COVID. There's still people yeah. wearing masks for COVID. That's all I'm saying. I'm not getting to any of the deepness of of anything else around the 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 the, the thing itself. You know, it's just crazy. It's okay. It's okay to. Ask questions.
1: I had a lot of questions over the last, what, three years. A lot of questions. Things just don't make sense.
0: And the dangerous thing to me is if you do ask questions and you get jumped on by people because they're like, they label you a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, no, I'm just doing my duty as a citizen and asking questions that you know aren't far-fetched questions like like you know and 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 I I did come under scrutiny for some of that stuff and I wasn't coming out against vaccinations or against this and that I was like we got to think about this like just from a HIPAA and a public health and and, and and perspective like you guys are everyone's taking something without you know and you're signing away your rights to any you know uh legal ramifications of it you know what I mean or or or. or you're assigning your rights to any legal ramifications, uh, uh, legal recourse for uh, medical issues that come from this. You know, and now we're seeing that, you know, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't want to touch it. I didn't. I just want. No. I mean, what, what, it was, it was I mean we can, the, I, it was just about the mass control stuff. Um, that's all I meant was like, you know. like There's a lot of you know, it. There's, there's a, a lot of it.
1: <laughs> it it's okay. Let's, let's say we ran the show. And if we wanted to do certain things to either control the populace, reduce it, manipulate it, we're gonna sit in this big room together or whatever we do and we're gonna talk about it. And they're thinking on levels of triple crosses, quadruple crosses, ways we don't think. And that's an easy way to hide the deception because we can only think as far as a double cross, right? Yeah. That, and most people won't even go that far. So if they're being deceived, right? But, but the level of deception is so many layers. What's been done to us over the last few years and probably much longer yeah. is that that's not a normal way to think. And so that is one way they can easily start hiding things and, and manipulating people. What you just said where if you dare question why someone is still wearing a mask, and the way people jump on you was all orchestrated by mass media, one hundred percent, and it was done with fear, and that was designed, and it was done on purpose. And if you don't believe that, I, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. not trying to hurt you by saying it.
0: No, 100%, not trying to hurt. One hundred percent. And that's and if 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 you recall, like when you know, this situation was first happening, we were being bombarded with footage from China of people just collapsing and dying on like subway uh, stations and all over the place. And I didn't see that once happen. Now you see it happening afterwards, but from people, people like a lot of pro athletes and stuff are just keeling over and dying, but you didn't see it during the pandemic, you know?
1: Sure. And during the pandemic, why, when we were so restricted, why on earth only selectively were people allowed to go out and cause chaos. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or you couldn't you couldn't have Thanksgiving dinner with your family, but you could go to Black Friday at Walmart the next day. It like, uh-huh. It's stupid. <laughs> it's just it just got ridiculous. I was like, You gotta question that. You gotta question that. And I'm not saying right. you know, I'm not giving medical advice or anything. I'm just saying you gotta you gotta question things, like, you know. Um the uh the show um Strange World, I, I got to see the first two episodes of it. Um and the first one was Montauk and the second one was, uh, I, I, I can never remember the name of the game. Polybius. Or, uh, the yeah. Movie. Uh, yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Polybius. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy story it, g- going along with everything we're talking about now, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I just covered this for the podcast again, a couple of episodes back. Um, so Polybius was, uh, a game not unlike, you know, the Tron game for Atari or, um, you know some of the earlier vector type games yeah and um it's not once again it's not hard to believe this is always my thing when i approach something like this is that oh yeah that's just the legend the video game was put in arcades and they say that you know these men took it out and they put it in there to mess with kids heads and it's like oh yeah what do you call Fortnite right now you know like it's only evolved so i try to tell people If you think Polybius is such a far-fetched idea, mind you, that was like phase one, many, many years ago, 40 years ago, right? Right now, it's in the form of Fortnite. Right now, it's in your VR helmets. Polybius could be any game that's being played right now. And you don't know what the triggers are or what the suggestion is. I'm not against games. I think games are great, but it's just, How do you, if you were this sinister outfit and you wanted to reach the mass populace, the most popular things in the world for the youth are games? They're all
0: playing games and TikTok, yeah
1: games and tiktok tiktok yeah. unbelievable what's showing up on tiktok
0: <laughs> yeah and what's unbelievable is what is on american tiktok versus chinese tiktok you know what i mean and it's, just, sure. it's chinese it's like oh you they, they shut it off at a certain time and they're they're, they're pushing science and science related activities to the top of uh the of the viewership and not not influencers and, and the ridiculousness that we get and um yeah that's just that's watch uh, long game planning you know what i mean yeah <laughs>
1: Watch John Carpenter's they live Watch yeah. that
0: movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i um you know and all you've been around a lot of things and researched a lot of things what what have been some of the and i you know we talked about montauk, but what have been some of the most um i don't know like not crazy, but what have you know some of the most like things that have hit you the hardest that you've come across where you think might be you know a, an actual there's truth to it.
1: You know, I could go through the gamut, um, but the thing that's hit me the hardest that has really disturbed me and that, um, not that I turn a blind eye to every day, but I've just accepted that obviously this this thing has happened and it's happening. And I think the best, the and what I mean is the mass manipulation yeah. and mass mind control that must have stemmed from government programs. It only listen, I'm a very logical, critical thinker. Yes. And you have these programs that started way back and for a reason. And now where it's hit such a fever pitch that you have these lone gunmen that are going out twice a month at least, shooting people. And it's creating fear. And you had this mass event where we had this mysterious pandemic that just started out of nowhere that's locked in all countries down around the world. And there were riots and, and constant division and changes of perspective that in the face of some kind of revolution, it did not have to happen that way. And that has, that is what's concerned me the most. Yeah. Um, and it still does because I don't know who the good guys and who the bad guys are. And I don't know what's going to happen. And so every day I've made an exception to just continue because, you know, the greatest writers and artists and speakers, right, and we're, we're in that realm with everything we do, uh, happened during some times of great turmoil. And they spoke about those things in metaphor and sometimes outright. And I think without, you know, being ham-fisted or trying to lecture anybody ever, is that it should be in the subtext of our work and we speak about the time we're in. I believe we're going to survive this time, you know? Mm. But it's not, certainly not easy and it might, we might see a few more really horrible things before any of it eases down, unfortunately, or at least you have to be prepared for that. But live your life, you know? Yeah. Live your life, be around the people you love, do things you love to do, do not let this distract you because I think that's part of the ruse. They want all eyes on whatever they want you to look at right now, to distract you, keep you involved in the division and the hate, and the constant fighting about just the dumbest things that we could just easily accept about each other and move move on. Yeah, um, this is us. They're pulling our strings, man. You know this. It's 100%. like, yeah. So I just try to move forward and and not let it distract me from my dreams. That's you have your dreams. They can't take that from you. you know?
0: I gotta ask you a question too, man. Do you do you uh do you ride, man? I noticed you had a West Coast Chopper shirt on in uh, Montauk uh, Chronicles in the f- the first episode of uh, Strange World.
1: All right, so I'll tell you a quick story. <laughs> my my brother used to own uh, a bar in New York called Mickey's Place, and um, it was where the that chapter of the Pagans. It was their clubhouse, you know the the. So, I was around those guys growing up. And, um, you know, I got to ride a couple of bikes here and there. I, I'd like to get one down the road. My brother rides, he was, he was out there and I think he was in the Kingsman out here in Florida for a while. And, um, you know, it's definitely been part of my life, sure, you know, sure. like probably n- not as, uh, not as, uh, hardcore as yours or many of your listeners, but it's something I really love and respect for sure.
0: Cool. No, I was just, I was just, I had to ask, man, cause I, <laughs> I know a lot of people that listen to this ride and be interested in that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, the podcast, uh, off to the witch, is that, a, is that a nod to the, uh, to the, to the Dio song?
1: Oh yeah. yeah man. <laughs> of course. And I think it's a cool way of, um, you know, you have, like I was looking at titles and I was like, obviously I'm a huge Dio fan, but, um, you know, I'm like, what could be a fantastic title that would be in the realm of as strong as the Twilight Zone, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Off to the Witch is that. It's it's Off to the Bazaar or Arcane or something different. Uh, and anything I'll do, is it falls in that category. And uh, it's a brand for me. So I, uh, I am writing a horror film called Off to the Witch, but there'll be books of fiction. There is the Off to the Witch Presents series that I've been shooting. It's my new docuseries and each of them have their own title like the first one's called A Haunting We Will Go and it's not like these ghost shows on TV at all. It's a very personal perspective growing up with ghost stories, horror films, Halloween and how that stuff is kind of could leak into our reality and and people that have experiences with it. So it's a very unique portrayal of that and then the next episode is completely different. It's about a killer gators um, in suburbia out here in Florida, uh, totally different turn of events each episode.
0: Nice man. Yeah. What, what's, uh, when are you planning to uh, come out with the show or the docu? So you,
1: yeah, you can see a a pretty decent trailer for it. I kind of let out a little sneak preview for Halloween of the first episode on my YouTube channel. And, um, you you can just look up my last name. It's Garrett G A R E T A N O number seven or white phosphorus pictures and you'll find my YouTube channel and um, you can watch the uh, Haunting We Will Go trailer. But definitely next year, the first two chapters will be out next year. And then I'm making a few more. Uh, the next one after these two will be uh, the Phantom Killer. Cause I was always fascinated by that story. It was a, uh, it was a murderer in the forties. They ended up making a horror film in the seventies called the town that dreaded sundown, but it was in the Texas Arkansas border in a, in a place called Texarkana and this guy who he was never caught. He was, wore this hood it was predated slasher films by many years and he would go out in the night kill people in, in their houses lover's lane really terrifying story that i wanted to cover and i have a unique way you know as, as a filmmaker how i want to cover it for the
0: documentary nice now are you still shopping that around for 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 uh, you know you i know it's everything's coming out next year or do you have a, a outlet for it or is it going to be i you? do
1: yeah, I I do. Okay, so I've reevaluated this. Now I could have easily between uh, twenty twenty, just before the pandemic hit, I had several new shows on board, greenlit, ready to go with networks, and then that slowly dissipated over a certain amount of months when we were locked down for over a year. Sure. You know, uh, the industry was shut down. So I said to myself, how do I how do I fix this where I'm not vulnerable? to not only the creative decisions of a network we're on strange world. Obviously I love my show and all, but, um, you know, it was 70% of my vision made it to the screen. I want a hundred percent, you know, like, I'm I'm sorry, I want a hundred percent of my vision. So, um, how am I going to be able to accomplish that? And then still really do it well enough to make a living. Well, luckily the world changed during the last three years, the world of distribution changed and Whereas I never thought it would be something like Tubi is probably the most lucrative situation for a lot of companies. Not just my little company, but bigger companies right now are doing so well with stuff like Tubi and Plex. And why, being that everyone turned to streaming and basic cable is almost an extinct dinosaur now, you you're it's an even playing field in other words so if you can bring something of quality whether it be on youtube or you release it to tubi or plex or tap for download on apple tv um you can do better than the salary that a network would pay you for one season of a show you could probably do better on individual chapters being released maybe a couple a year like i plan to then making eight chapters and getting paid a salary to do it and killing yourself over a seven-month period to do it and then compromising the work in the end. So I've really rethought this whole thing. And um, I think I might give it a shot at going through the, um, the aggregator that I went through for Montauk Chronicles because Montauk Chronicles is doing very well on Flex and, and Tubi and Apple TV, but you can watch it on Tubi and Flex right now for free. You don't have to pay for it. A few commercial breaks, but it's uncut.
0: I've I've touted Tubi on this podcast before cuz that's where our uh, Chopper Head TV sh- series is and uh Oh, that's great. It, we used to we we used to deal with Amazon but they got too weird and greedy and we just we, uh, you know my distributors and I went over to Tubi and uh not only and I'm not saying to to, to, pr- to pr- promote our stuff but I love Tubi because it has so many old 60s and 70s uh subgenre movies that I love you know what I mean whether it's bikes stuff oh, yeah. or like just like 70s just like you know 70s just cult cinema and there's so much there that's so fun you know what I mean I, I love it
1: I keep telling people the same thing man yeah. it's got the best, it's like an old video store plus it has a lot of new movies too and
2: yeah,
1: yeah. They're, they're uncut if they were cut edited for TV then I wouldn't budge I wouldn't touch it but they're uncut so what few commercial breaks you, yeah. you welcome those breaks sometimes. And, and Tubi's uh,
0: free. like So, So yeah, free. just let them have a couple of commercials beforehand, maybe one in during the middle of something. But, like, by and large, man, it's it's way better than TV, and uh, it's way better than paying for a subscription, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I think Tubi is distributed in the U.S., Canada, maybe Mexico, and Australia, I think, Which if it's, that. It's
0: not in Europe. I know that's one of the it's big not. problems. That's one of All the right,
1: big Plex problems. Plex is if you can get stuff on Plex and that's why I think to be in Plex, you've got the whole world territory and you can, again, you know, no matter what a network is promising you at the end of the day, you're going to fall short somewhere. You're going to be frustrated. If you have the ability and the means to go out and create these things yourself, it'd be so much gratifying. In the end, if you have, you know, just a slight business sense about it, I'm, I'm giving you the best advice right now. I think, something like Tubi is going to outdo a lot of these other streaming situations. And they're very smart right now. And I think I know from certain circles that they're doing very well. They're doing really well. I mean, think about all the, some of the bigger movies that are on there. I've seen like the matrix on there and everything. If if monster Chronicles did what it did in the last couple of months on Tubi, I can only imagine what bigger titles are doing. I mean, they they must be raking in the money, like just from the advertising. So um, I think that's the future. And I think, I think the the playing field is even a lot of people don't have the ability to go out and make these shows themselves, but maybe you can couple with, you know, an independent group, if that's your passion to do it. However I do. And I, um, I can make something of better quality, infinitely less of an investment and, and obviously do really well with it. And so the, it's, but it's the really most important thing,
0: retaining 100% creative control and it's all DIY, which is, you know, phenomenal. Yeah phenomenal yeah and you're turning out a better product all the way around you know and um the problem is i feel like executives get in they have a vision for something and their vision is based on something that was successful on another channel and then they try and turn your shit into something else you know (laughs) yes
1: they do and i you know i'm grateful that i had so much control over strange world but not enough in my opinion at the end of the day i had to deal with people like that and i don't want to deal with groups like that again i have no interest whatsoever i'm gonna you know i'm collaborating like i just shot a movie in texas um and one of the people in it you, you'd love this I didn't, I didn't tell you about this uh edwin neal from texas chainsaw mass group is one, one of the stars of the movie oh nice nice yeah i got to direct. you know that was like a dream when i was a kid like you know he scared the shit out of me when i was a kid i wanted to oh, go direct yeah. him in a movie
0: well, What uh, uh, what's, what's the movie okay you about we talk about it
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's it, you know it, it's definitely surreal, and that's why I was reading the script. I didn't write it. Um, this is all leading to uh, a different film that I wrote years ago called South Texas Blues. About it's a drama about Toby Hooper making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1973. Everything that happened that summer on the set, and so this group that I just made a movie called Love Bugs with is um, is interested in that and. So this was a way for all of us to get together on something. And um, the, the movie Love Bugs, is the, it's like a family drama on the precipice of the apocalypse. That's the best way I can explain it. So it's this time, but really saturated. And it's very visually uh, different than I think the normal portrayal of a melodrama would be. I mean, I have my hands on it, so I, I haven't skimmed on anything. I've tried to make something really beautiful and different and cosmic and dreamy at times and just diving into everything. And it has its moments that are pretty dark because it's each person in the family's going through this dark night of the soul. So I'm trying to put all everything. I, I mean, I lost just like you probably I lost family members and friends over the last couple of years I'm trying to dig deep and put all of that into making this movie because it's got to say something about the time. You know, we started this conversation off talking about easy riders, And easy rider might not be in the form of, you know, a couple of guys on a bike, you know, transporting coke. It might be in the form of a family on the edge of uh, the middle of nowhere in Texas uh, at the edge of the apocalypse, you know, like, or it might be in some other form. Uh, easy, so, easy,
0: just so for the for the audience, Easy Rider. We were talking before we started recording. <laughs> just, oh, okay. I forgot. I thought we were on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, 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 no. So just it, it was a uh, the the, the pre conversation before the before we hit record. So that just okay. just just to clarify that, yeah.
2: <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, just having a good time. I feel better doing the things I'm doing right now, making the podcast, um, you know, shooting this new movie, writing the script uh making the new documentaries than i ever have you know i I feel good about all this
2: stuff
0: what what's been um what was uh you know usually you're doing film and in the past you've been doing film and tv which have have like heavy visual elements to it what was it like you um going to your podcast which is audio only like mine um you know, what, what was that jump like going to just audio? Because I, I know I like how you bring in like relevant movie clips to kind of like the topic and, um, you, you know, you, the way you intro and kind of narrate things um, has, a, has like a storytelling effect to it. But, you know, was it was it an easy transition to going to uh, just audio or did, was there things you had to rethink doing that?
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I try to put myself in the place of the audience and all the stuff that we loved when we were kids, I'm trying to bring that somehow with maybe a little bit of a fresh perspective. But, you know, I remember, you know, I was a night owl for a long time and would stay up and listen to Art Bell. And oh, then, yeah. uh, That's the best. you know, between, even even though my show isn't like this character, I remember watching that Oliver Stone movie, Talk Radio, and I yeah. was like, I just want something. I mean, my show will evolve over time, but I want something that hits people. Um, and I just figured I'd try it. I wanted to always do it. I mean, I've done my own narration on my shows and still telling a story, give them a, a, you know, a cinematic feel through audio, tell good stories. I'm not out to solve any problems or, um, solve a mystery at the end of the day. You know, I, I'm just out to, uh, entertain you give you information give you a good time for an hour um you know maybe you want to revisit it i i like making these things timeless too and, you know um in other words someone could listen to it in a, in a year or two and, and it won't feel like it's expired so it's not really a news show or anything
0: no no and i like you you've had an array of guests i haven't listened to every episode but i've listened to a good amount of them um and uh you know There is a thread of just kind of like, you don't, I like how you don't know what the next one's going to be. Like, it's not just like a ghost thing or like a conspiracy thing or a Montauk thing. It's like, you know, one day you're recording live in a haunted house. The next one, you're talking to someone about, you know, cursed land or you're talking to someone about, you know, the the guy, uh, I forgot his first name. His last name was Price. He was one of the people that I was thinking about that was a a Montauk survivor, right? It was Price.
1: Yeah. Paul Richard Price. He wants to come on again. Yeah, you met him on, like, <laughs> twice, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I told him part three can't happen for a while. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. Uh, but you know, it was great. It, yeah. And, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, listening to him, I was like, I don't know if I believe all this. It, just me, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. But if all this is true, man, this, like, literally he tied every single element together you know what i mean of, of like yeah for sure every element <laughs> of like of, of like the whole realm of conspiracy like it's just like he tied it all together in one threaded story that was very interesting it was it was it was a very entertaining listen to to say the least you know
1: um, oh thanks man yeah i i i'm purposefully choosing people that may have not had a lot of exposure um so you you know some of them have but some of them haven't and uh I'm just trying to talk to people that aren't on shows over and over again. I could easily get those people, but, um, I have some really good ones coming up ahead. Uh, like for instance, you know, some of the subject matter has obviously been done to death, but I like to either do it in a traditional way or in a way you've never heard it before and stress elements that aren't usually talked about, you know, because it, it's been turned into, uh, First of all, a lot of these people take themselves way too seriously. Um, You know, they have anthropologists and scientists and astrophysicists all involved in the ufology community or the cryptozoological community. However, when we get on the show, it sounds like they're plugging a book. And I would not want to do that. I want to hear about your story. Tell me something unique about you the, as you know, the audience will be interested in checking things out if they're interested in the person talking about or telling them a story. And so, I always, just like you do on your show, I I, I I consider the audience. I want you to have a good time. I want you to enjoy this story, and and, and try to do everything I can to you know put it together in a week and, and deliver it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And how how old's the podcast? Because you have what like uh like uh, just right around thirty episodes now?
1: Yeah, I experimented with it a couple of years ago, but only made six episodes. It was this summer because I I am, you know, I signed with a, a company that works on marketing for me and uh, they, um, we started officially over the summer every week as a weekly podcast. Okay, cool. So yeah, so I, I started, you know, with only six, six episodes or so after two years and then it really started moving, I'd say in June or July. Yeah, yeah. And, been every week now since then.
0: that's cool it's that's tough though huh i I was doing weekly during during the shutdowns because it was easy to do weekly now i'm doing bi-weekly just because i'm so busy in life and it's like i'm trying to i would love to do weekly but yeah it's tough
1: (laughs) yeah no i I didn't think i would be able to pull it off with everything i have going on but i got it down to a science i think i got it down really good and obviously you know i I cut out a lot of my time for everything I'm doing and um, I just want to, you know, I I believe in what I'm doing and I know I can make it work. And I believe that, and I I don't mind telling people, you know, to take advantage of in a good way of of our opportunities right now um, because the, the film business was monopolized for so long. We were talking about this before the show and, um, right now what they monopolize the entertainment business has monopolized movies like marvel movies and disney films and star wars movies
0: yeah like blockbuster well, what they, blockbuster right, like right. super budget cgi graphics uh, special effects right. stuff like that would be beyond right the, the right grass, because yeah. it's
1: be really difficult for us to make But what they haven't monopolized and what we can make these strong movies and i don't mean boring like Easy Rider changed the world when that came out. We could easily make a movie like that now and not with a lot of money either, you know, we don't need it. Uh, So, And now you have access to the world in so many different ways. So I would say if you're out there and you're making movies, just understand that you have the upper hand right now. The bigger companies, even though there's some really good movies being made by studios and sub-studios for sure, but they can't do it like you can, and don't wait around for anyone to give you permission. Now's the time. Now's yeah. the time to rise up and, and go and do this thing now. You know, say something about the world now.
0: Yeah, yeah. whether it's so documentary like or or fiction. Um, you, oh yeah, it's all in your graphs now, and and it's like you said. And now there's avenues of distribution that weren't as easily accessible before like they don't have a lock on distribution anymore because now you can go to aggregators that'll get your stuff on this on the you know on on any number of um streaming platforms or 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 you can put it on your own youtube or whatever you know there's a way to get it out and the cream always rises to the top if you do something good it'll 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 make its way out there that's the
1: bottom line it just make something good figure out what it is even even education is free now you know it's like just just you know, turn your head away from TikTok and all that crap and, and unless you're using it to help promote your work or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. pay attention to something in your soul. And then I guess, you know, I don't know. I can't tell people what to do, but, you know, um, I just I just know that's the way. Otherwise, I'd be doing something else.
0: Yeah, yeah. So do you think you'll go back to working with networks at any point or is it just more like, like meaning like, If you start doing these things on your own, are they going to even have anything to offer you? And, but I don't think so. Yeah. I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important for people to hear. Like, as someone who has done it that way, some people still think that's like the only way to success is like, oh, I got to make sure I get this on,
1: you know, Discord. It's not. And, and, you know, some people say, well, you're already, you know, it's easy for you to say, Chris, you know, you already had shows with the network, so you you can turn away from it now. And it's like, listen, though. You, you will spend years of your life to learn what I've already learned. Why would you bother when you can take the world by storm through these channels? I'm telling you, yeah. you know, like I, I'm being honest with you. I don't think I would collaborate with a network again, unless, unless I, and now we're just talking business yeah. at the end of the day, because that's all they care about. So I'm going to talk on their terms, unless they gave me a good piece of the action, full creative control, final cut right yeah and i always have an ownership in it some way somehow if somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed tomorrow morning they can't bury it they can't take me from it they can't tell me what to do with it i have a say in it and um and just leave me alone let me make the thing and i'll deliver it on time and under budget if that's not the case then no yeah yeah
0: yeah, and, and and if you have success on your own, you have even more of a of a leg to stand on with that type of situation. Be like, No, I can just do it myself. I don't need you. And that's what they don't wanna hear, right?
1: Because <laughs> Yeah, you can you can reach the same amount of people or more because think about okay, so think about how if you look in the stats, how many people Tubi and Plex are reaching and then compare it to how many people are subscribing to Discovery Plus, it's gonna scare Discovery Plus and they know it, you know? They know that more people are watching Tubi than they're watching Discovery Plus. So then it's up to you just to put a little cash into advertising or let, you know throw it into the wind and see what happens.
2: Yeah.
1: But I I would much rather, at this time, a wiser person going through all of it and understanding and also having them act. I, I could pitch something to a network and get it made now if I wanted to, but why? It's going to be a strong vision to start. And by the time it gets to the network, it's going to be watered down. Yep. Not interested. Not interested in it.
0: No, no. And plus, like you said, it's not. it might not even get out to the same number of people. And if it's on a network, you're not going to be able to have that freedom to put it other places.
1: No. And then years of your life will be wasted. And then they own it at the end of the day. And you can't
0: do anything about
1: it. Yeah. So I would never want to be in that position again.
0: What a time to be alive, huh, man? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's celebrate it. Why not? I mean, we've got this going on. There's so much craziness in the world. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it's rapid times. That's the only way I can say it. it's like rapid. Everything's moving fast, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah. Sometimes you to unplug from it too, though, a little bit, you know, because it gets overwhelming. Um, yeah, definitely unplug. Definitely
1: enjoy your life while you have it. Be grateful for every breath. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also I think somewhere people like us wished for something like this. And when you have it, it's a little striking, but you have it and you do your best with it now. You know, we live in a really crazy but exciting time too. Let's take advantage of the exciting part of it. Harness the crazy part of it. Yeah. Make the best out of this thing. You know, make the best out of it.
0: Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing too is like get out of your bubbles. Like, meaning Social media bubbles, and uh, where you can't talk to people anymore or, or that don't have the exact same opinions of you. Because you gotta remember, these people are still your neighbors. They're still, uh, you know, uh, your f- friends or family or whatever. Um, you, you know, you, <sighs> We got to just have a little bit of common respect for each other and, and be able to listen and hear things out and not just argue based on bullet points that you heard from, uh, you know, you know, Fox or CNN or, or whatever opposing media is out there, because that's causing such a divide like I've never seen before. And it's it's bananas, you know, and it's uh,
1: uh, oh, man, I know. I, yeah, we've seen the same thing. Some of the behavior of people this one disagrees with this one's philosophy and then this one dies and the other one's just laughing about it. I mean, like, what What are you, you kids, you people are acting worse than little kids on a playground. And I've turned my back on people that I've seen with that outright behavior. Like all of a sudden they became hall monitors and it was like, what is this? This is the human nature that's been written about in fiction for years. Like I said, you know, Orwell wrote about it. Stephen King has written about it. A lot of these guys have written about this stuff. How people would behave in this type of situation,
0: yeah.
1: and it's happened before. It happened in World War II. Sure. It's happened throughout history. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to over, uh, I don't know what the word is. Just a general question here. If you had to, if you if you had to take a gamble on things, because we've this kind of got threaded in here and there. Um, and I always think it's an interesting question and interesting thing to talk about um and you're you're informed in, in these areas. if you had to guess what's going on um outside of our realm right of the earthly realm, do you think um things people are seeing or encountering are more of an interdimensional dimensional nature or extraterrestrial nature or is it could it be both i mean who knows right so yeah
1: i so I think both because I think what we've perceived. We've tried to rationalize uh, the irrational over the years, and tried to say, "Well, if something is in the sky, it must have come from another galaxy or another planet." And obviously, for all that time, you had some of the greatest, or at least allegedly greatest, minds saying, "There is no other life out there." You know, yeah. it's it's improbable. And then you had some of the greatest minds, like Arthur C. Clarke. And other people saying, probability tells me it's 100% true that not only is there intelligent life outside of the Earth, but it's infinite because there are billions and billions of solar systems and billions and billions of planets within those worlds and billions of galaxies estimated. So probability tells me there are probably billions of Earth-like planets with. I mean, it's just like Star Trek or Star Wars somewhere out there. Yeah. And we're the last to know, or we're being monitored or whatever. We're just, we're just one part of it. And, um, and I think interdimensional, you know, science is starting to prove that there are other dimensions. There yeah, are I was multiple say, there's, there's been, of everything.
0: There's been yeah. so many advancements in, in that. And they're like, they're basically saying, yeah, there's other dimensions. <laughs> it's just like, yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to Bill Hicks for a second is it possible that you and I right now are on a ride yeah. that we chose to be on, yeah. that we chose this program, this adventure. Imagine, imagine when it's all done, whatever way you go and you just wake up and like, you're in a room in like a, you know, a game room somewhere and you get up and be like, wait a second. And then it occurs to you, you were just in a game. Yeah. Like, It was was a very advanced game in some other dimension called life. Yeah. And you chose a lot of the points, but you didn't know how certain outcomes were going to work out. And you have your friends standing next to you be like, you all right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man. And, you know, I think, like, when you start thinking about interdimensional stuff, I think that's more exhilarating and frightening to me than even extraterrestrial stuff. Because I get it. Like, okay, there's another planet, and it had life, and life evolved, and okay, but what the hell is other dimensions? Like, what is going on in other dimensions? Like, what's that all about? It's crazier to me than the thought of things going on on other planets. <laughs> I don't know why. I
1: do. Yeah, and I think throughout time and throughout history, labels have been put on things. So I think, you know, demons, what we perceived as demons, yeah, um, poltergeists things like that are could be other dimensions leaking through doppelgangers. Um, whenever you have a deja vu, you know, it could be some other multiple connected reality that you're realizing for a minute.
0: Yeah. Um, it's just more infinite. Know. It's a, it's just, yeah. it's just in, infinite possibilities. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. These no, I things.
1: think about this stuff a lot. Yeah. Maybe we're, we're all collectively realizing it now. And it required us to first experience some fiction that would regard these possibilities and then science confirming on top of that. Yeah, it's always like, yeah, yeah. you
0: need the fiction to kind of open you up to it and then the science would be like, oh yeah, no, that's right.
1: (laughs) And it's pulling us right. It's pulling us out of the dark age of thinking. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll we'll find out one way or another.
0: I just feel that, like, disclosure on that, like, I don't know how to... uh, I've, I'm in a, admittedly, I'm in a glasses half empty frame of mind recently. And so I don't think that the government would be that benevolent to to disclose things because it's going to benefit humanity. You know what I mean? I think things are suppressed oh. because they want to control things. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. here
1: sorry. Yeah. Here's a news flash for everybody <laughs> we are being led by villains. End of story. Mm
0: yeah well I think dude we're almost at two hours and I, I, I this has been an awesome conversation and, and I, I would love to continue it um, but, yeah, but you know why don't you give some uh, some plugs out for social media stuff like uh, or uh, you know websites and stuff where people can find out more about what you have going on because you got a ton going on and I'll put all this stuff in the show notes too so people if you're listening you don't have to remember this just remember to go to the show notes and I'll put all the links up there as well.
1: Oh thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, if, um, if you, if the spirit moves you, come and check out my podcast, Off to the Witch. It's on, you know, all all the platforms like Spotify and Apple and Google and Stitcher and all that stuff. And just search Off to the Witch and you'll find it. And then, um, if you want to see Montauk Chronicles, I recommend you look at it on Tubi because Tubi has so many great movies on it and it's just easy and it's free if you're here in the States. I think it's available in Canada. And if you're outside of the U.S., check it out on something called Plex. It's available just about everywhere in the world. And you can watch Montauk Chronicles there. Uh, Go check out my YouTube channel. um, Follow me on some social media, on Instagram. Um, You know, it's my last name, Garatano, G-A-R-E-T-A-N-O, number seven. And, um, yeah, man, just uh, I have a lot of new stuff coming out up ahead. And uh, I just uh, look forward to hearing from some of you. And, you know, I wish you well.
0: Absolutely, man. And do you, does uh, White Phosphorus uh, Films have a website? Yeah, that's the
1: YouTube channel. I, okay. I have, I have, I have to upkeep on these websites. I have the Off to the Witch.com and all that stuff, but that's, that's in the next phase. I have yeah. to uh, upkeep all my websites. I, and that's why I don't direct people over there just yet. Yeah,
0: okay. And that's the problem with this, this DIY stuff, man, is we got to be on top of all of it, right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm going to start to
1: cosmetically reconfigure that stuff
0: absolutely man well dude it was it was so good having you on um hold on one second i'm gonna i'm gonna shut this off now but uh but i'm not hanging up all right
1: all right thank you all right hold on.